you know how I've, have I told you how I feel about croissants? Like, I'm pretty passionate about, like, a proper croissant and how Sisters Bakery is, like, the only thing I found outside of French Canada that has decent, uh, I found a place in New York that has uh, amazing croissants and multiple different kinds. They had, like, coconut cream filled, they had, like, chocolate filled, they had, and they were all, like, proper French style croissant. In fact, even the 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 lady working the um, the register like couldn't understand what I was saying because I'm pretty sure she spoke French as her primary language. Like it sounded French when she was. It was like a French accent. That That's probably right? the only reason they hired her. Yeah. <laughs> How could we make this place more authentic? We need this place to be authentic. Is that so. where croissants are from? Croissant. Uh -huh. I'm sorry, I don't say it. Croissant. Yes, it's from <laughs> France. Gotcha. Uh, it is a French pastry. Yeah, all the good ones seem to be. Yeah, as and long as we're just sisters. running with the witty, ba witty banter, that always reminds me of like, have you ever seen the movie Independence Day? They go through every country's response to America figuring out how to kill the aliens. And <laughs> yes. I always love that they have like the French and these like. Toupees, smoking like a cigarette, and oh, the Americans, he did it. Like, I just love that, that part of, I don't know why we're talking about this, but I've always loved that part of the movie of like just the stereotypical French person. I can't imagine that's what anybody I want to go France. back, and it's probably so offensive. Yeah. Uh, going through all of the And I want to know, like, was that on purpose? Or was that actually what, like, the directors and, and the people actually believed French people were like, like, had they ever traveled to France? Is that what, I don't know. I mean, that's what I want to know. Speaking of going back and revisiting things that we love, I want to start our conversation today about uh, the gospel, right? Uh, we have been in the book of Galatians. This is now our third week into uh, the book of Galatians. We've been uh, looking at this book by Timothy Keller, Galatians for You, going through it as uh, a whole church. Uh, my wife, would have been, wife and I have been reading this together, kind of going through some of the questions uh, that are there. And Galatians really is, it starts out with, the, our, our title for the sermon series is No Other Gospel. It is a return to our roots, right? And this week, Paul talked about his conversion story, like the, the moment he first had an encounter with Jesus. Mm. Each one of us have that, maybe not quite as dramatic as, as Paul's, uh, but each one of us have had that. So, so today, what I'm hoping to do with our conversation uh, is, is maybe first reflect on the sermon that we heard, we wanna listen to, hear, and apply, and then maybe personally uh, apply uh, the gospel, maybe even share a part of uh, our story. What was our life like before we knew Jesus? What has changed? We probably don't have time for that. We want to do all of this in 15 minutes. But, uh, but what, what, what really stood out to you? Uh, Outward Church, we've started a, a Silverton uh, church plant, but we're teaching in the same message, mm -hmm. right? Two different churches, same uh, same verses, two different messages. I can represent the message that happened in Silverton. I was there. I heard it. Uh, you guys were here in Salem. And uh, I'd love to hear what were some highlights that you heard. Um, it was so good. I loved just the idea of, like, thinking about your story um, and realizing that that is how, like, Paul is sharing the gospel by saying, like, this is what happened to me. We were talking about this before, and I think that that is, that is the most powerful way that you that you share um, 
near the end, um, Pastor Matt was um, like facing front, you know, and he's saying, here, you're hopelessly sinful. Like you see your former life. Um, you see Jesus on the cross. You realize your need for saving. And then, right, like, like kind of physically representing like that transition. Um, and I think that that kind of hit me because that's what I look at. I look at my, like my former life and I don't know how you say it, all the things that you wish you didn't do that I just am so thankful now that have been covered. And so I think that that is always really impactful for me. He used this term radical redirection. And I think just looking at it sometimes feels painful to think like, Jesus is on the cross for my, for my laundry list of sins, but, but because like he did it joyfully and now like I get his grace and his, so. That's something that stuck out to me. Uh, this verse wasn't shared, but it was like, restore to me the joy of my salvation. There's a, there's a thinking back uh, to, um, to, to that moment when we first had that encounter with Jesus, that, that our life uh, we realized was like just not all that it was meant to be. And we started to find uh, significance uh, and, and meaning and purpose and what Jesus was offering. We started to walk after him and follow after him. And, and there, was, there was something very powerful in that moment. It's transformational in our lives. And so uh, I think what, what Paul was doing, and I got that from the message as well, Paul is, is recounting his stories, telling us his stories, conversion story, you can see the, the, the expanded version of that in the book of Acts 9 through 11. But, uh, but, but he's sharing with us his story. And there's something about like thinking back. And that's what we're trying to do as a church too, is, is get to the roots of, of what is the central message of the gospel and not let it be just the beginning of our story, but the whole of our story. So Matt, maybe you had some things that uh, jumped out at you. Uh, that were par- particularly meaningful for you from the, from the sermon, or mm-hmm. or even just thoughts that you had afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the the idea of like a conversion story is interesting, and I've talked with a lot of people who don't necessarily like or, or would say like, well, I always grew up in the church, and that was kind of like me, you know. I I grew up in the church, um, and I remember getting baptized at like five years old, and and I don't like I don't exactly couldn't tell you all the reasons that compelled me i think a big part of it was just like a lot of my friends at the time were getting baptized and so there's this whole question of like was i converted at that time and i think this passage really speaks to that uh and i think the life of paul really speaks to that but i can remember particularly when i feel like i started to actually hear the gospel it was uh i don't know 12 years ago here at outward church or 13 now um and i remember i had just gotten out of college and i remember that like I'd gone through some really bad times and some things were really not right with me, which brought me back into church. And I remember, you know, here at Outward, just, you know, I think God had prepared my heart to really hear the gospel at that time. I can't really explain how it all happened other than that I really heard the gospel. And I remember later on a friend, my my previous roommate called me uh, and he just, he lived in a different state, moved away after college and just said like, but we kept in touch and visited and hung out with me for a while. And he just called me and said like, hey man, I just want to let you know, like I, I found Jesus, like I'm a Christian now. And I was, I was shocked. This like, is a friend of yours. A friend of mine who was, I was like, what? Like, how did this happen? And he goes like, I saw the change in you and I had no other explanation for it. Um, and so like, I think that's when like, I finally got the gospel and I saw this change that, that Paul has uh, in his life. And I would just say it was like being brought from death to life. And, and I think that, 
I think that there's something about what Paul's saying here is that like when we get the gospel, when we grasp the gospel, um, it allows you to change so dramatically that there's no explanation for it other than God. Um, yeah. That personal testimony is so powerful. Liz, you were sharing um, just right before we even um, started recording about the conversations that, uh, that your husband Kevin has with uh, guys that he works with. Like people have all these questions and what he's found that's been the most effective, that's, that's irrefutable, is, that, is the personal testimony. Um, I don't know, maybe you wanted to expand on that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think, um, you know, people have questions, and sometimes it seems like there should be a right answer to this. And what if I don't know the right answer? And I think that what Kevin has found, and he has a lot of these conversations, he just, you know, spends a lot of time with non-believers for a long period of time, and that he says, when I tell them, this is how Jesus changed me. I, that's really, I mean, he, there is other things that he tells them and that he shares, but I think that that is the most powerful thing that he can say, I was this way and now I'm this way. Um, so, so I, it's kind of a surprise for you a little bit. I didn't tell you that we were going to talk about this, but, uh, but what <laughs> you're like, oh, wait, I was thinking about the curveball. I was going to throw you, but you beat me to it. I'll take it. I'll, I'll take, take it. whatever you got. But we actually, we had the honor of, of seeing Timothy Keller in a, uh, conference though. He was, uh, actually a giant head on a TV screen that they rolled in. And he said something that was so powerful to me. Uh, it's just something I thought of just now. As, as Liz was speaking, we are coming up on a generation where, where the only Christians that people will know are genuine, authentic Christians who can only talk about personal experiences. We are coming out of a culture, cultural Christianity, where people are Christians in name, like because it's the common thing to do. It's, we're coming out of a time period. It's not popular to go to church anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not popular to be a Christian anymore. And so anyone now who is following Jesus is having these authentic experiences where they are like your husband is saying, I can't explain it, but my life's different. The things I loved before, I don't love anymore. The things I used to be about, I'm not about anymore. Well, all that I care about is that more people know this Jesus. And so what we have in our future, which Timothy Keller says, you know, could be a, a 10, 20 years from now, but what we have in front of us is is a generation that was only authentic believers, not because it was popular, not because it was cultural, but because they experienced authentic change, and that is going to have this dynamic effect. I mean, that's attractive. You said you saw a a change in your friend. Uh, He saw a change in me. Yeah. 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 That Same thing. It's, it, he noticed it, yeah. right? I, there's nothing. I can't explain it in any other way mm-hmm. uh, than, than your life looks different. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was a big part. You weren't here yesterday, but Matt talked a lot about um, the fact that, like, Paul was saying, like, um, like if, if I was going to make something up, because this kind of feels like I've made yeah. something up, yeah. this is not this what is I would not make what I would up, say. right? Like, and I think that that's true about Christianity <laughs> in some ways. Like, the things that we talk about, like, they, they, to culture, to the world, you know, to, to even me, sometimes they're kind of weird uh, and different and not the way I would do things for sure. We did a podcast the, the last time I did this. Uh, God doesn't, God doesn't seem to do things the way that we would do them. Mm-hmm. And, and it, sometimes I question, like, if things are going the way that I've, I've seen them go for me, like, am I actually following God? And I think that's evident even in the gospel, like God does something 
upside down. A lot of times you can call it like the, like Jesus's kingdom is the upside down world, the the exact opposite of the norms we follow as humanity. Well, it's like why you're, when you talk about like fear of the Lord, like in our society, fear is a bad thing. Like fear is what you try to avoid. You avoid suffering. You avoid fear. Those are not things, but fear of God is like how you are connected. I this part that. Tim Keller said he talked about the fear of God, not just being, not about being frightened, but being filled with awe and wonder and Mm. attraction at his greatness. Like Mm -hmm. those, that is not what the world thinks of as fear. But when we feel the fear of the Lord, we are in awe of him. And Mm -hmm. people think that looks weird. Mm -hmm. I, I, I hate to throw a, a curveball on top of a curveball. I, oh I do this sometimes. It feels, I know it feels a, a little double bit curve. It, it, it feels random. I think sometimes oh maybe, maybe to somebody who's listening, like what is it they're even talking about? I feel like, I feel like, well, uh, just hanging out with friends. I mean, like, this is how we hang out. This is how we talk. You guys have gotten used to this. People will eventually get used to the fact that I, I sometimes change directions. Mm-hmm. At Outward Church, we have, we have, a, a, a statement of, of faith. It's, it's love Jesus, live outward. That's not a statement of faith. That's a, what, what do we call that? That's it's our like mission. Our, our mission, right? Love mm-hmm. Jesus, live outward. Inside live outward is we give, we speak, uh, we serve. The speak part, when, when, when we've had conversations with people, the speak part is the most intimidating. The idea of me sharing my faith is so scary. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not going to have the answers to the questions that people have. People are going to want to know exactly what is it that I'm supposed to do. And I don't know that I know exactly what it is that I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. There's something very refreshing in this message of Galatians. Number one, we speak. We speak simply about what we have found as we follow Jesus. What have we experienced? So we start by loving Jesus, experiencing him sharing with others those experiences as God starts to shape and change and form our lives. We don't have to have a theological, a theology degree to be able to, sh- to share our faith. It's sharing what Jesus has done in my life, right? Uh, and, and, and so what is incredibly beautiful that I've found, you know, as we're going through the book of Galatians, it's go back to the simplicity of the gospel, it's what you were saying, like living out the truth of the gospel, letting it transform the way that you think about your politics, about the way that you work, about the way that... And so I know I kind of covered a lot of ground in that. Maybe you have specific comments uh, regarding uh, that, that sharing your faith uh, element, or maybe you have some comments about just the simplicity of the gospel and the way that it affects our everyday lives. I think it's, uh, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I know that's like the silliest, <laughs> simplest statement. Yeah, uh, yeah. And but I, you're I, saying, Jesus. Jesus. It's because you know Jesus. Well, it's yeah. evident in this, right? Like he's saying, it's not like it's not something anybody told me. It's because I met Jesus. And what I love about Paul, and it's evident here in uh, the second part of the first chapter of Galatians, and all throughout Paul's epistles to the church, all throughout Paul's writings, is that he knew Jesus. Uh, and the guy loved Jesus, and I love reading Paul because I love the fact that Paul points to his like his best friend, his reason for waking up, the one that he longed for, the one that he desired, uh, the one that he he talks about in Philippians that everything else in this world is rubbish because I met and knew Jesus. Mm. And so, um, when you talk about 
sharing your faith and sharing all the stuff, it's not about what you know. It's, it, it is about knowing Christ. And when you know him, when you spend time with him, when you're in his word, when you speak to him through prayer and times of meditation and thought, and he gets to you on that deeper level, uh, everything else seems to fall into place. The things that you need to say happen to just come out of your readings and the things you were doing doing that day, or it's just the way you live your life and the stories you tell. What I love so much about what we said, and I know you were about to say something. I want to give you that opportunity, but what I love so much about what you just said is nothing in that list was a to-do list, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if, 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 if people are sitting here in the, in the sermon and saying, okay, well, okay, well, what do I need to do? Yeah. I want to be a better Christian. What do I need to do? Like, it isn't something you, you, you do. It's something. It's someone you know. Mm-hmm. It's spending time with somebody. You want, you want to do something. Sit at the feet of Jesus. And you do that in, in practical ways. In, in his word, praying to him, receiving the ministry of the word, listening to sermons. Uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's a number of ways that, that, that you can do that. But just noticing throughout mm-hmm. the day, God is speaking to you. Mm-hmm. He is showing you his love, his guidance, his care, his direction. He's given you his spirit. And, and, and staying connected to him, uh, that's what's really transformational. Mm. You were going to say. Oh, I was thinking a couple different things. One, I was thinking when you were saying you don't have to have all the right answers. I think sometimes whether you're having a conversation or you're, I don't know, you could be talking to a group of people and you get to the end and you're like, what did I just say? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. <laughs> like that happens often. All and time. I think that that's why is because you realize like it's not, it's not even about the, what it boils down to when people are so nervous about speak. They think, oh, I need to have all these amazing things to say. Like, it won't be your words. Mm. It's going to be the Holy Spirit potentially using your words. Maybe not, but it's not what you, exactly what you say. It's not you saying the right things. It's not, I fumbled over that and I I ruined it. I didn't, I didn't say the gospel the right way. No, that's not what it is. And I think yeah. that that is where people um, get hung up on it. And I don't know, I think... The, the biggest thing I was, when you're talking about spending time, that it's even one of the questions. Like, that's why I love this book, that you get to the end of a chapter. I don't know. I like to underline. I like to talk about what I read, and there are specific questions. And it says, how are you committed to spending time with God? And part of that looks like with others and sharing your story. Mm. Um, and I think that there is an expectation you have to have. I'm sorry you were not on the road to Damascus and Jesus did not appear to you. That doesn't mean your story doesn't matter. And that doesn't mean that I can look back at the the people's stories who have had such a profound like effect on me and my life and my faith. And it was them just being vulnerable and being honest and sharing even their struggles, but how Jesus saved them, changed them, everything. And that is what like the Lord has used like in my life. It's mm. so powerful. Uh, I, I, I just appreciate that so much. Um, I, you know what, that, that thing that you said that you'd be really surprised uh, I, I lost the, the next words that I was going to say. <laughs> wow. Okay. As I said, if he ever doesn't have anything to say, we'll be surprised. Well, I, I had <laughs> something teed up, but I, I, I totally I wanted, forgot it. I wanted to backtrack on something you said, too, because I think other people, you can get confused also, this might be an aside, but um, that it's not, you know, like, what's the to-do list? And I think people have a really hard time with the to-dos, the practical application of the gospel. Mm. And I do think that there is a process uh, that takes you, I think that there's layers of the gospel. And when we talk about the gospel being 
new. I think that there is uh, something that I would call gospel understanding. But what I've been really fascinated with, which uh, Tim Keller really gets and talks about in this book, is like the, the transformation process, like gospel understanding. And then I believe there's gospel transformation that takes you to gospel awe. And I think that's what keeps it fresh and new every day. And I think that there are practical steps that are laid out in the scriptures that that allow us to go from this this process of transformation that there are there are to do's but the difference is it, the, like what paul talks about is like uh they they come from like this relational uh jesus they come from knowing him and understanding him and it's like once you uh once you spend time with him you know what he wants you to do i think brian bradley said this in the previous sermon here in salem he said something about like Yes, God is calling us to obedience, but it's not that we have to. It's like that we get to. Yes, I like exactly. wrote that down and underlined it. Like, yes, he is calling us to obedience. And sometimes it looks like being nervous to share your story or whatever it is. But like, it's not that you have to. It's like you get to. Yeah. Which, again, you can't cause that. You can't cause yourself to feel that way about it. Like, that is the heart change that comes like. And, and we know that's coming up and like a little bit of a teaser to this. Uh, Brandon, you probably know this really well because I remember your sermon from a while ago on Galatians 5, beginning in Galatians 5, on the the idea of like, why would you want to sin anymore when you found <laughs> something better, right? Like that's been really big for you and, I, and I, I'm excited to get there uh, in this book. I'm really glad that I forgot what I was going to say because <laughs> what you guys just said was, was so much better. I'm I, I, I got this picture in my mind, and I think it's a combination of what both of you guys said, uh, that there is depth to the gospel. That mm. You said layers, okay? Yeah, layers. Okay. The, tell me if I'm, if I'm wrong on this, okay? There's layers to the gospel, but what we try to do is we add layers to the gospel. Mm. Uh-huh. But layers to the gospel is a return to that simple truth and finding that there's something deeper underneath it, mm-hmm. a whole nother layer underneath it. So rather than taking something we know and adding layers to it, take, go back to the simplicity of the gospel, the, the transformation of the gospel, uh, and, and seeing what's underneath that. How should that be changing uh, the way, like there's more there. There's more there. It's not, okay, I got the gospel, move on. There's more there. Layers of depth, not layers added to. Uh, you guys, it's all, we're already out of time. Mm-hmm. I wish we had more time. Maybe we should just keep the camera running and we're, we'll do part two. Well, do you know we'll what that really going. made me think of? What? What? Cake. <laughs> we can always bring it back to, cake. to cake. It's Ryan's fault because earlier he was showing me these different layers of a service. Oh, yeah. And I was like, he's like layered cake. And I was like, cake. Or parfait. Awesome. Yeah. No. Or a croissant. What, what was that oh, yeah, Friends episode? The Friends episode where he had the, the meat and Oh, no, 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 no. Custard. It was like the whole <laughs> and meal like peas in one. In yeah, and peas. He's like, what's not to like? Oh, man. No. Good. No. I think, I think we should finish it off by talking about how the, the gospel is just like a really good croissant. I thought we already finished it off. <laughs> oh. Did, there's maybe some, some cutting point. How the gospel is like a croissant. It's like, you know how we started it out? Like, bringing it all back.